Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, very good morning. Thanks for pulling the flippers on with me the, this morning. You will need them. Uh, any dramas on the roads too, uh, please shout out 13 13 55. Uh, and the text line 0467 736 736. Wherever you're listening, whether it's on air, online or on your phone, any part of the world, drop us a line. Let us know where you are listening from uh, this uh, Tuesday morning. Should sport be played on Australia Day? There's some that say no. Are they right? If not, why not? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. They are the numbers you need to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. I'll give you my views shortly, but I'd love to hear yours. A big show coming up, including this. As a Christian, I, I feel like it's, it's my duty to, to be able to share that. The career of one of Australia's most exciting rugby union players, Israel Folau, is all but over after he launched a tirade on social media against drunks, gays and adulterers. Yeah, what are we? About 90 seconds in, we're covering off Australia Day in Israel Folau as well. One of the most talented and gifted athletes we've ever seen on a footy field. Yet one of the most controversial offered. Israel Folau. This week, a new doco drops. It's been two years in the making. It's been sitting on the shelf for some time at the ABC. Why? Well, we'll hear from those who made the documentary on Israel Folau, on his career from the beginning to the end. Uh, well, the end here in Australia because he is still playing rugby in Japan. But Rugby Australia are still dealing with the fallout of his dismissal somewhat four years on. How did, how did someone go... From in 2015, when the Waratahs were accused of homophobic slurs, in saying that, and this is Israel's full hour words back in 2015, rugby is a game of inclusion where everyone's welcome. So I don't think there is that here or anyone here has those ideas in this club. That was in 2015. That in 2018, all homosexuals should burn in hell. How does someone go from there to there in such a short amount of time? Hopefully these answers will come to you in the doco. Is it about freedom of speech? Is it about freedom of religion? Or is it about divisive and degenerate? I'll get it out. Integrating behaviour. Oh, wow. 13, 13, 55, Billy Slater, he names his Maroon squad on Monday. Is your team... Your squad, any clearer after the weekend? Is there any you've put the biro over the pencil on? Because I know this conversation is happening in workplaces all around the state. It, it happened here this morning and throughout the week as well. The band has been going on. I want to hear your origin locks. Who are they? 
13, 13, 55. Um, mine's changed over the last week. I've got the pencil and then replaced that with a bio for a few names. And what about a bolter? Have you got one of those? Actually, does there need to be a bolter for the Queensland team? I don't have one. I don't have a bolter this year. Maybe you do. 13, 13, 55. Actually, bolters. Who's the biggest bolter in origin history? Who would you say? For me, I reckon it's Adam Mogg. Remember Adam Mogg, 2006? Yeah. He's, he's for me, the biggest origin bolter. Who's yours? 13-13-55-04-67-736. So we're going to touch base with the Dolphins camp, with the Broncos camp as well. Adam Reynolds, will he play Thursday night? We'll get the latest out of Red Hill and Red Cliff as well. As I mentioned, uh, the developing story of the day, it's D-Day at the Dragons. The board meets in 25 minutes where we're hearing Anthony Griffin's immediate future will be decided. We'll bring you that news if it does happen before midday today. But if he does go, hook, if he gets the hook, what what changes at the Dragons? They change the coach and then what? Dragons fans, over to you. Does this need to happen? Well, we know he's dead man walking. We know his contract's up at the end of the year, but does he need to be replaced immediately? What will happen to the Dragons team from that? Will they fall off a cliff or will they grow an extra set of something? Something that's been missing. Uh, the cricket schedule has been released. We've lost the first test of the Gabbert. Why? Is it the stadium? Is that what it is? Have we been gazumped for the first test because the Gabba and its facilities? Or is there something else at play here? Uh, we'll hear from Muzzy this morning. We'll hear from Gilly. Uh, and Crash Craddock as well to get his thoughts on that. Robbo will be here after 10. Q-Clash tickets to give away. Uh, Origin under the Stars tickets to give away. And, of course, Queensland's biggest sports quiz at 11 o'clock. But first... And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. At nine minutes past nine, this uh, wet and wild, slippery Tuesday morning, should sport be played on Australia Day? I think it should. Don't you? 13, 13, 55. And I'm not saying this to be divisive. In fact, I'm actually saying it because of the opposite. This issue was raised earlier in the year when Indigenous cricketer, First Nations cricketer Ash Gardner, she called out Cricket Australia for scheduling a women's game on Australia Day. She sat out, didn't want to play. It came to light yesterday as well after the release of that international calendar where the fifth, the last test of the summer is going to be held here at the Gabba. Pink ball, day-nighter against the Windy starting January 25, a Thursday. So it rolls straight into the Australia Day long weekend. I don't have a problem with that. Not one little bit. Do you? Now, I'm not going to pretend I know where Ash Garden is coming from when she told Ben Horn at the Australian that she doesn't get why this one day of the year, a day of mourning, which doesn't have a very good history of what happened on that day, that there needs to be cricket played. She doesn't get that. She sees sport as a celebration, an entertainment, and an event you want to go to. Why does there need to be something that represents something that's quite morbid on that day? It's not overly appropriate, she said. Now, I can't pretend, I won't pretend that I know what it feels like for Indigenous Australians. I I can't because I'm not one. So I'm not going to stand here and preach and say that Ash is not right. That's her beliefs. That's her feelings. And that's fine. That's okay. But the one thing I am is Australian. Like Ash, 
like you. We all are, right? The the Davises, the 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 Bonners, the Thurstons, the Beatsons, the Tios, the Tiatos, the Bowls, the Zoos, the Archies, the Lazinskis, the Labascognis, the Falaus, the Kawajas, we are all Australian. Actually, speaking of the Kawajas, this was Usman's take on it yesterday. I don't have an issue with it, but um, if First Nation um, people and if communities do, then I think we need to explore that and, and talk about it. Personally, don't think Australia Day should be celebrated on the 26th. I think it should be celebrated on a day that, um, you know, caters for all parts of Australia, and I'm big on that in Australian cricket too. You know, we've got First Nations people, we've got myself, immigrants who've come to Australia. Uh, I can almost promise you that the people who decided Australia Day was on the 26th wasn't a very multicultural committee. Yeah, it was. He's probably right on that, but it's a whole different debate for and not for today, changing the date. But the date as it stands now is January 26th, Australia Day. And there is no right or wrong way to celebrate Australia Day. And that's actually what makes Australia so good, isn't it? That we can celebrate it or do whatever we want on that day. We have the freedom to make that decision on what we do on January 26. So celebrate Australia Day how you like, right? I think that should be with sport because sport to me is the great uniter. It brings people together. It does not matter your standing or station in life, sport unites us. doesn't matter if you're a barista or a barrister, a, a chief executive officer or an executive chef. Uh, you work in IT or you serve to, you're a cabinet minister or a cabinet maker. Sport's the great leveller and the great uniter in society. You can all come together and barrack for one team or barrack against each other. That's okay too. That's why sport should be played on Australia Day, to unite us. Because right now, we are a nation divided. Sport brings people together. Play it on Australia Day. Let's start setting the example. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. I've heard the theory too of playing on a day of mourning. And it's been expressed to me on a number of times that September 11 is a day of mourning in the US. I don't know if it is the same. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. They, their football, their NFL kicks off on that weekend, September 11. Sunday, September 11, last year was one of their biggest rounds of football. It was the NFL's kickoff. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about personal choice. If Ash Gardner doesn't want to play on Australia Day, then don't. I'm okay with that. And if you don't want to play on a particular day because of a particular reason, that's cool too. Because that's Australia. You get to make that choice. Other countries don't get to make that choice. The citizens of other countries may not have that luxury, but we do. You do. You know, I wasn't up going to work when we lost the old man earlier this year because I was in mourning, and that's okay. But don't forget the power of sport and what it has in our society. It is the great uniter. And that's why I am looking forward to is seeing cricket and any sport being played on Australia Day. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking backwards. I'm looking forward. 
131 You may have other ideas. I welcome yours. We're all united in this, right? Aren't we? Quarter past nine. Uh, let's hit the lines right now. Uh, they have lit up. Darren's out at Redland Bay. That is morning to you. Uh, good morning. How are you going, Ben? Very well. Your thoughts? Uh, my, my thoughts are is that absolutely you play sport on Australia Day. It's an absolute integral part of our the fabric of our, of our culture. But in saying that, Ben, it's a, it's a backhanded guess. It's, I think we're on the wrong day. And I know you said that... Um, it's, it's a totally different debate, but I think you're wrong. I think it's a, absolutely, um, it's what it's about. Um, and that's the reason why Ash Garber's not, not playing, not because it's Australia Day and we should be celebrating sport on Australia Day. I think once we do land on what Australia Day is and when it is, mm. absolutely sport sh- sh- should be played. And, and whilst it is on that day, yeah, let's go for it. Play, play it, but don't... Don't think it's not about the uh, changing the date debate. It's totally about oh, that. I know you, no, no, no. And, and, yeah. No, Darren, you, yeah. you're 100% right. It is. and, and yeah. But I, I was stressing that exact point that you were saying, that, well, the date is the 26th of January, as it stands in 2023, probably will be in 2024 as well. But until we do change the date and we have that discussion, then this is where we land. This is the realities that we face. So I wasn't trying to d- dismiss it or, or bury it. I, I know that's, it is central to the debate. But right now, January 26th is Australia Day. And I say we play. Uh, absolutely. And also, there's, a, there's a, second, a second point to that is that we shouldn't be burying our history. I think talking about it is, is important and, and understanding yeah. why it is wrong or why it is offensive to other people is is really important as well. And, and um, burying history, you can't wipe out history. It is what it is. And yep. there were some terrible atrocities happened in that period of time to our First Nations people. And, and we're forever trying to make up for that. But don't bury the history. You know? That's, we need to talk about it. Some very valid points there, Darren. Really appreciate the input this morning. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, quick break. Back with more of your calls. And we'll dig deep into the Israel Falau doco too. Wow. Aren't we covering it all this morning here on SENQ? Mornings with Ben Davis until midday. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Human Torch was denied a bank loan. See, I can say it. I can say denigrated. See, I can. Unique New York. All right. We're warmed up. We're limbered up for this morning. Uh, 13, 13, 55. Um, calls are coming through. Uh, hold fire because um, I do need to get to my next guest. Um, although, who's this? Baltus, State of Origin. Craig Greenhill, plucked from Wyndham Manly to play from Queensland and sent off from the Big Daddy of Rhythm. Great to see you back, Big Daddy. Outstanding stuff. All right, Thursday night, a doco about one of the most talented yet most controversial athletes Australia has ever produced will air on the ABC. When I look back on Israel Folau's career in Australian rugby, I am sad. It's one of the most complex and one of the saddest stories I've covered in sport. Israel Folau uh, athletically is one of the most gifted footballers Australia has ever seen. 
There's no doubt that his role is on his way to become one of the best players in the game, if not the best. He has got a hat-trick! Yeah, the words of Michael Checker there, uh, Jamie Paradam and Georgina Robson, the journos who have covered rugby. Uh, Israel Folau. And Folau is the name of the documentary. Two years in the making on a sportsman that has divided this nation. The, the doco was shot across four countries uh, where you hear from rugby royalty, from the media who, who covered his stint in three codes. That's right, three codes. Uh, and from members of the Tongan and Polynesian communities as well. But do you hear from Israel himself? Well, let's ask the man who had the job of pulling it all together, the logistics, the sensitivities, the file vision. He is the producer of Falau. Uh, Ivan Omani is on the line. Ivan, very good morning to you. Um, Where do you start with something like this? Well, uh, good morning to you too. Um, Where you start is uh, by trying to... uh, get Israel on board, of course, um, but given his, um, I guess, his reluctance to engage with the media um, and his lack of trust in the media after everything that happened, uh, we thought it was important that we also interviewed other people um, who, you know, were not just uh, against his, his, his views on the world, but who were fairly supportive or entirely supportive of those. Um, and to then be able to go back to him and say, look, you know, we've interviewed people like Samu Karevi or Nick Farr Jones and also to show that this was not going to be a hit piece. Um, unfortunately, that uh, that tactic didn't quite work. Um, I had a lot of phone calls with uh, Anthony Picone, uh, with Israel's agent, and he was really great to, to deal with. But in the end, uh, Israel decided not to participate. And, you know, he, he would have had his own reasons for that. And I can only really guess as to those. Ivan, did he try and shut it down or did his team try to shut down the doco? No, I don't think he's particularly pleased with the doco. But um, there was no effort to shut it down. There was just a lack of cooperation from him. Um, and that meant that uh, certain people that we would have liked to interview who said, look, I'm on board, but I want to get Israel's blessing first, then never got back to us, for instance. Um, so we're quite lucky with the people that we did get. There was an enormous amount of hard work that went into that and to gaining their trust. Mm. Um, uh, we had, and on the contrary, you know, uh, it depends a little bit on who, who, how you define Israel's team. But for instance, you know, his lawyer, George Harrells, is interviewed in the film and gives really interesting insights. Um, and other people who worked with and around Israel uh, at the time of the, uh, the issues with Rugby Australia have also spoken to us. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. Ivan, um, I do want to get into who you did speak to and who the hardest was to convince, but I've just come across some breaking news, um, so if you can just bear with me. The Dragons have ended the head coach tenure of Anthony Griffin. So breaking news out of the Dragons, uh, Hook has been hooked. The CEO of St. George Illawarra Dragons has thanked him for his contribution over the past two and a half seasons. These decisions are never taken lightly. And on the behalf of the club, they want to thank Anthony Griffin. So there we go. Breaking news coming out of uh, Wollongong. Uh, Again, we all knew it was coming just at what stage, but the Dragons board have elected to end the tenure, to give Hook the hook. Anthony Griffin is gone as Dragons coach. We'll bring you more details as that come through, but right as they come through. Uh, but right now I am speaking to Ivan 
uh, Omani, who is the producer of the Falau documentary, airs this Thursday night, 8 o'clock on the ABC. Ivan, you were talking about those who did take part in the documentary. Who was the hardest to convince to open up about this? Um, you know what? Uh, there were quite a lot of people who would have been willing to speak out in support of Israel uh, and who ultimately decided not to. And I can only imagine that this was after they had, you know, gone back to him to get uh, his blessing. Uh, so, you know, that that was a difficult one to actually get people to, you know, let me put it like this. Once Israel had decided that he wasn't going to partake in the film and didn't really want to have anything to do with it, he made it quite hard for that film to be balanced and to really, really um, give his point of view and get that across in a, in, a, in, in a fair way. And we have, despite that, gone out of our way to make that happen and have uh, used things like excerpts from his writings on Athlete's Voice in the past and by getting people on board who were close to him. I'd probably say the more difficult people to get would have been uh, the Mormon bishop, uh, the family's bishop, when they still adhere to the Mormon faith, uh, whose insights were, you know, invaluable. Um, generally speaking, elevating the voices of the Pacifica community was absolutely crucial to us because one of the reasons that drove us to develop the series was, that, was the realization that when all of this went down, the people we were least hearing from were the people who were most likely affected by it. And those were people from the Pacifica community. Um, so getting people from, um, uh, you know, of Samoan and Tongan descent, Fijian descent, to speak about such matters as faith, family, sexuality, uh, was a big challenge. And I, and I think we, uh, luckily we succeeded and we've got brilliant talent in mm. the film and, um, uh, that's sort of where it all landed. Uh, listening to Todai Kefu, uh, Queensland Australian legend, now the current Tongan coach, who he got Israel to play for Tonga. He he summed that up. He said, growing up, or even just the the Tongan community, the Tongan family, it is about faith, family, and finances. It's those three Fs, and that's where. Um, the one of the staggering uh, quotes from him was that one of the biggest uh, imports into um, Tonga was remittance, basically people sending their paychecks home to families from Australia or perhaps even New Zealand. So it does set the scene. It sets it up. It, it also, and I've only seen the first episode, but the the thing that also jumped out at me, and, 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 and I don't know why it jumped out at me because I was there for the entire journey of seeing him debut as a 17-year-old and covered his career for the Melbourne Storm to State of Origin to playing for Australia. He was a hell of an athlete. He was he, he broke records as an 18-year-old. He played for Australia. That hadn't happened in nearly 100 years. Then he did switch over to AFL. What We know it was money-based. We know it was um, guerrilla marketing from the AFL, but he still gave it a red-hot crack and then came to rugby and and was annihilating the British and Irish Lions. He was he was a hell of an athlete. That's one thing that we probably do forget out of all this. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely correct. And, um, look, I'd like to think of the film as, you know, come for the rugby, if nothing else, and learn a whole heap of other stuff as you're watching all those highlights. <laughs> that's, that's a good way of putting it. Michael Checker, too. He was caught up in the crossfire of this, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and Michael, um, 
you know, he had his doubts about whether or not to give an interview. I think a lot of people were very nervous. Uh, and don't forget, you know, we started this process just before COVID. Um, and so it was much fresher in people's minds then mm. than it is now. So some of those interviews were done quite early on. The interview with Samu Karevi, the interview with Michael Checker were among the first interviews that we did. And, you know, both of them made, a, in my opinion, fairly brave decision to give these interviews and, 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 and let us know um, how that whole uh, episode affected them. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, for Michael Checker, there will be uh, there will be some pretty unhappy memories attached to that epi- to that period. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Before I let you go, Ivan, and thank you, you've been very generous with your time. What was the thing? if there was one thing that jumped out at you or perhaps even surprised you the most after completing this project? I think the thing that I will never forget in making this project is that some of the most compassionate voices regarding Israel's position and and, and the way that he um, expressed himself actually came from gay Pacifica men. Um, wow. The people you, the people who were, as I said earlier, arguably most affected by it and the hardest hit, uh, who in one case, you know, said that he might have put a generation of young gay Pacifica men back in the closet, um, given how hard it is to tackle these issues mm. in the community, were also the most compassionate um, in terms of understanding where he came from, understanding um, uh, how that indoctrination with, with religion um, affects everything in your life. Um, and, and, and also, you know, kind of um, reminded us that it was ultimately the white missionaries who came to those islands who brought that, you know, very harsh strain of, um, of conservative Christianity to the islands. So we bear responsibility for that as much as anything. Ivan, really appreciate your time, and we look forward to uh, seeing the full two episodes of Falau. It airs uh, this Thursday night uh, and then the following Thursday on the ABC at 8 o'clock. Ivan Omani, uh, the producer, the man, one of the men behind it, uh, a big job, a big task, uh, covering over old ground, divisive ground, ground that split this country, not just in a sporting sense, but uh, across society as well. And uh, we see that come to, to light and those big players on uh, Thursday night, uh, thirteen thirteen fifty five. You may have a thought on that. Something that Ivan has just said that may have piqued something of your interest. We're going to take a quick news break, and then we're going to head down to Wollongong with the breaking news. If you're just joining us uh, for the first time today, Anthony Griffin has been sacked as Dragons head coach. The fallout. What does it mean? Well, I'm going to throw the open line over to you if you're a Dragons fan, but we'll also get the latest from on the ground in that part of the world. Yeah, 9.36 this wet and wild Tuesday morning, but it is all happening. A storm has been created down in Wollongong. It's where the Dragons board have met and have decided to end the tenure. They have sacked Anthony Griffin, their head coach. Michelle Bishop uh, from 7 News in Sydney, also part of the SEN family, is on the ground there. Uh, Michelle, good morning to you. Not a good morning for Anthony Griffin. What can you tell us? Oh, look, it was gut-wrenching. I was here at about 7.45 this morning when he got into the car for the last time and made his way out of the gates here at Wynn Stadium. Did give me a bit of a wave, didn't pull the window down, obviously. I was in no mood to talk. But um, 
look, it's been really bizarre the way this has all unfolded here this morning because the players drove in all happy and with coffees and, you know, saying good day to the media. It was any regular day for them. Um, but obviously, unbeknownst to them, Griffin had been, you know, sort of tapped on the shoulder and, and told to leave. Um, they've been called into a meeting. Well, well, at first, actually, they all started to um, make their way out of uh, Wynn Stadium in their budgie smugglers um, down to the pool to have a bit of a swim before training. Um, and they're actually called back into a room upstairs with um, the big boss, Andrew Lancaster, where he has just let them know in the last 10 minutes that Anthony Griffin will no longer be their coach for the 2024 season um, here not... at St. George Illawarra Dragons. That, that's left me shaking my head, but you know what? I'm not surprised. This whole process has been a shambles. So the, the players are about to go and train or rehab or do this, but call back in. Like, where, where's well, the just, where's the management? Where's the leadership here to just say? Just to add yeah. to that, just to add to that, two players um, were, were were put up in front of the media, um, Ben Murdoch Masilla and uh, Jack DeBellin. And that schedule had completely changed because we were turning up here today at eight o'clock to speak to about ten players. Um, Josh Kerr, that there was a whole stack of players being mm. put up to, to talk to. That changed unbeknownst to us, and it was a quick let's put these two players up. Um, and there was no change in terms of, as far as the players were concerned, in, in information or um, that Anthony had gone. So there hang, was, hang on, sorry, uh, sorry Michelle. The, the, yeah. Sorry, they, they put the players up to front the media before... Before to, the if, meeting. <laughs> debacle. Look, it really speaks of what's going on here at the club, doesn't it? And look, I don't want to bag their media manager, Chris Kennedy. He's fantastic. He gets it. He understands, but obviously his hands are tied. Um, and the fact that he, he put players up today, I guess he has to get some sort of credit because um, you know we would have been chasing and hounding uh, players and staff all day. But yeah. uh, a complete debacle. Communication between, obviously, the, the footy team and um, staff and, and the board just chaotic um, and really uncalled for. I mean, there would have been nothing better now than to speak to just one or two players, probably senior players, to say, look, yep, this has happened. It's unfortunate. But instead, we got, no, as far as we're concerned, Hook's still the coach. Um, and can, threw the players under the bus, if, if you know what I mean. I just They look pretty silly. Yeah. Who, who, who takes over, Michelle? Uh, Ryan Carr, their assistant coach, um, and we did ask Jack DeBellin if he had the goods, um, you know, and, and had what it takes to, to see the boys through uh, for the rest of the year. Um, interestingly, uh, we also asked them about Jason Wells, who's uh, the lead contender to replace Hook. Uh, ben Hornby, Hornby's name continues to uh, be thrown up, and it was funny to hear Jack DeBellin played with both those uh, players. Um, and has mm. actually been assist, an assistant here uh, before. So he said, yeah, they're definitely uh, up to the job. Um, but really, it all falls back on the players. And, and ben, uh, yeah. ben or Jack, they didn't shy away from that, saying that we just weren't good enough. And, and they'll leave here today with, with guilt, knowing that they, they possibly could have done more, uh, so I guess, save, save Hook and, and, um, and their season. But... I guess it's all now. They're coming out of the meeting. There's, there's, um, I'm seeing Tyrell Sloan give someone a bit of a cuddle. Um, I think they're taking it quite hard, uh, right. some of the players. Michelle, thank you for the update. You've got a big day ahead of you. We'll uh, look forward to your report tonight, 7 News and uh, on SEN throughout the day. Uh, Michelle Bishop uh, on the ground at Dragons HQ. Anthony Griffin has been shown the door, sacked as Dragons head coach. What a debacle this is. Um, Dragons fans, what changes now? So they've got an interim coach in till the end of the year. Um, the, the one thing, the one thing I do know is I'm probably backing the Dragons this weekend against the Roosters. Uh, not only on the Anzac Day performance as well, but uh, we all know the old adage about a team has just had their coach sacked. Watch them rip in and tear that up. What's that? That's Friday night. It's the first game, isn't it? So Dragons, Chooks, look out, Roosters. Boy, dear, dear, dear. Um, but 
on a serious note, what does change? And is Jason Riles the man or Ben Hornby? I mean, just hearing Jack DeBellin, who's still got a fair bit of his career to go to, saying he's played with both of them. Is that what this team needs right now? A, a green coach? A coach that has played with these players? I don't know how many times that may have worked. I, I'm sure you'll correct me, but is this what the Dragons need right now? A, 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 a player or a coach who they used to play with, a, a mate coaching them? Those tough conversations that need to be had, can that happen? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736, 28 away from, no, sorry, 18 away from 10. Yeah, 9.36 this wet and wild Tuesday morning, but it is all happening. A storm has been created down in Wollongong. It's where the Dragons board have met and have decided to end the tenure. They have sacked Anthony Griffin, their head coach. Michelle Bishop uh, from Seven News in Sydney, also part of the SEN family, is on the ground there. Uh, Michelle, good morning to you. Not a good morning for Anthony Griffin. What can you tell us? Oh, look, it was gut-wrenching. I was here at about 7.45 this morning when he got into the car for the last time and made his way out of the gates here at Wynn Stadium. Did give me a bit of a wave, didn't pull the window down, obviously uh, was in no mood to talk. But um, look, it's been really bizarre the way this has all unfolded here this morning because the players drove in all happy and with coffees and, you know, saying day to the media. It was any regular day for them. Um, but obviously, unbeknownst to them, Griffin had been, you know, sort of tapped on the shoulder and, and told, to leave. Um, they've been called into a meeting. Well, well, at first, actually, they all started to um, make their way out of uh, Wynn Stadium in their budgie smugglers um, down to the pool to have a bit of a swim before training. Um, and they're actually called back into a room upstairs with um, the big boss, Andrew Lancaster, where he has just let them know in the last 10 minutes that Anthony Griffin will no longer be their coach for the 2024 season um, here not... at St. George, George Illawarra Dragons. That, that's left me shaking my head, but you know what? I'm not surprised. This whole process has been a shambles. So the, the players are about to go and train or rehab or do this, but call back in. Like, where, where's, well, the, just, where's the management? Where's the leadership here to just say... Just to add yeah. to that, just to add to that, two players um, were, were, were put up in front of the media, um, Ben Murdoch-Masilla and uh, Jack DeBellin. And that schedule had completely changed because we were turning up here today at 8 o'clock to speak to about 10 players. Um, Josh Kerr, there, there was a whole stack of players being hmm. put up to, to talk to. That changed unbeknownst to us and it was a quick let's put these two players up. Um, and there was no change in terms of, as far as the players were concerned, in, in information or um, that Anthony had gone. So there hang, was, hang on, sorry, uh, sorry Michelle. The, the, yeah. Sorry, they, they put the players up to front the media before... Before so, the if, meeting. <laughs> Debacle. Look, it really speaks of what's going on here at the club, doesn't it? And look, I don't want to bag their media manager, Chris Kennedy. He's fantastic. He gets it. He understands. But obviously, his hands are tied. Um, And the fact that he he put players up today, I guess he has to get some sort of credit because, um, you know, we would have been chasing and hounding uh, players and staff all day. But uh, a complete debacle. Communication between, obviously, the the footy team and um, staff and, and the board just chaotic um, and really uncalled for. I mean, there would have been nothing better now than to speak to just one or two players, probably senior players, to say, look, yep, this has happened. It's unfortunate. But instead, we got, no, as far as we're concerned, Hook's still the coach. Um, and can, threw the players under the bus, if, if you know what I mean. I just They looked pretty silly. Yeah. Who, who, who takes over, Michelle? Uh, Ryan Carr, their assistant coach, um, and we did ask Jack DeBellin if he had the goods, um, you know, and, and had what it takes to, to see the boys through 
uh, for the rest of the year. Um, interestingly, uh, we also asked them about Jason Wiles, who's uh, the lead contender to replace Hook. Uh, ben Hornsby, Hornby's name continues to uh, be thrown up, and it was funny to hear Jack DeBellin played with both those uh, players um, and has mm. actually been an assistant here uh, before. So he said, yeah, they're definitely uh, up to the job. Um, but really, it all falls back on the players. And, and ben, uh, yeah. ben or Jack, they didn't shy away from that, saying that we just weren't good enough. And, and they'll leave here today with, with guilt, knowing that they, they possibly could have done more, uh, I guess, save, save Hook and, and, um, and their season. But I guess it's all now. They're coming out of the meeting. There's, there's, um, I'm seeing Tyrell Sloan give someone a bit of a cuddle. Um, I think they're taking it quite hard, uh, yeah. some of the players. Michelle, thank you for the update. You've got a big day ahead of you. We'll uh, look forward to your report tonight, 7 News and uh, on SEN throughout the day. Uh, Michelle Bishop uh, on the ground at Dragons HQ. Anthony Griffin has been shown the door, sacked as Dragons head coach. What a debacle this is. Um, Dragons fans, what changes now? So they've got an interim coach in till the end of the year. Um, the, the, one thing, the one thing I do know is I'm probably backing the Dragons this weekend against the Roosters. Uh, not only on the Anzac Day performance as well, but uh, we all know the old adage about a team has just had their coach sacked. Watch them rip in and tear that up. What's that? That's Friday night. It's the first game, isn't it? So Dragons, Chooks, look out, Roosters. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, but on a serious note, what does change? And is Jason Riles the man or Ben Hornby? I mean, just hearing Jack DeBellin, who's still got a fair bit of his career to go to, saying he's played with both of them. Is that what this team needs right now? a green coach, a coach that has played with these players. I don't know how many times that may have worked. I'm sure you'll correct me, but is this what the Dragons need right now? A a player or a coach who they used to play with, a a mate coaching them? Those tough conversations that need to be had, can that happen? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736, 28 away from, no, sorry, 18 away from 10. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company this Tuesday morning. It's wet and wild on the streets. If there's any dramas too around the Great South East, please shout out, let us know, and we'll pass it on to the rest of us. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, the rain is supposed to be clearing later today, as we've just heard in the news with Vanessa Showers, but it's still going to be a miserable old Tuesday. Although, really, can you be miserable at this time? Well, if you're Anthony Griffin, you probably are. Maybe he's been put out of his misery. Uh, The breaking news uh, happened in the last hour. The Dragons board have cut ties with Anthony Griffin, two and a half years of service, saying it was the performance during the first 10 rounds that sealed his fate. Really? I thought his fate was sealed already by that. Uh, the fact that they weren't going to renew his contract at the end of the year. Um, but uh, Ryan Carr, the assistant, is going to be stepping in in his place. Dragons fans, does this change anything? Will this fire them up? Or does just the same old thing keep happening? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, big hour coming up. We've got Mitch Robinson standing by. We'll be talking to Robbo uh, about Q Clash, among other things. I want to get his take on playing sport on Australia Day as well. I'm all for it. The reason being not to be divisive, but in fact, the opposite. It's to unite us all. And that's exactly what sport does, doesn't it? And playing on Australia Day would be the best form of uniting us, I think. 
you may have a differing opinion. Uh, welcome those as they come through today. The other thing that unites us is Queenslanders, um, and I guess in a way New South Welshmen because every hero needs a villain, right? Uh, right now in your workplace, uh, in the tea room, in the office, in the corridors, in the kitchenettes, wherever it may be, origin teams are being picked. And you may have already been discussing them like we have for the best part of a month. But I think with six days to go until Billy Slater picks his team, some of those names that you've penciled in, the biro's gone over them. So after the weekend, after the round we've just seen, whose name gets the biro put through it? If it's happening in your workplace, you know it's happening right here at SEN. It is. And it's what's been the topic of conversation this morning here at Fortitude Valley inside our headquarters, which is why I thought I'd bring the team in to get their really, really lucid thoughts about it because some of these selections are mind-boggling. Uh, I've got the Hoff, my right-hand man, and Sammy. He's pressing the buttons here in the studio. Uh, I, I, can you imagine this? He's the New South Welshman in charge too. Brent uh, Hoff, because he might be able to switch off our mics if we just start uh, going down this path. All right, l- let's go from the weekend, and I'm going to start with the Queenslander. Hoff, who's been borrowed into your team now? You've had a team penciled in. Has anyone had the borrow uh, put over them after the weekend's performance? I think the two ones uh, for me for Queensland that uh, are certainties after the weekend would be Kalen Ponga. That's I think. a given. All, all you were thinking about after coming back from his um, concussion issues was he needed to show some sort of signs um, to get picked, and I thought he was really good, obviously, in a, in a big wing against Gold Coast. So, Kale and Ponga for me, and um, the other one uh, is one of Queensland's uh, bench players, I think, David Fafida, um, you know, for me, sealed his spot on the weekend as well. thought he was impressive despite the, the Gold Coast's um, loss to Newcastle. So... Those are the two for me. I think, um, you know, they were sort of half-half, and I think they sealed their spot. Just on the bench, though, for David Fafita? Definitely just on the bench. I don't think he's, you know, quite reliable enough to be a starter at that sort of level yet, so I think uh, he's he's sealed his spot as an impact player off the bench. Well, hopefully he brings more than the 26 points that the Titans seem to only be able to score. But it's been 26 points over the last five weeks, hasn't it? Five straight, 26 points, and that's it. Got no more in them. Uh, look, I'm agreeing with you on that one. Dave Fafita, Kalen Ponga. Um, Just looking at Ponga's stats on the weekend, you're right. We were just waiting for him to show what he had. Uh, A line break, two line break assists, but three try assists. And and that's what made him so lethal in game three last year. Uh, Those running meters are just amazing, but it's the the, the try assists, the line breaks. And the one that he set up um, after the, you know, almost going coast to coast, that was uh, outstanding stuff. Front row, we just had a caller before saying, no, Josh Papalihi. I think he's insane. I agree. Um, he has to be in there. He's the leader of our Queensland pack, um, brings that physicality and sort of that enforcer thing that we keep talking about each week as well. I think, uh, you know, Queensland always talks about picking the incumbents and sticking with loyalty and everything. So I don't think regardless of his... Uh, form, uh, even though I don't think it's that bad, um, he's got to be in there for for me. Who partners him in the front row? I've got um, Big Tino. Really? Big Tino. Okay. Do you have Christian Welsh in your team? I do not. He was my one I left out. I'm I'm agreeing with the immortal Mal Meninga. 
Sam, this is probably where we get to mute here, the Hoff's microphone because now he's no talking. Christian no Christian Welsh. No Christian Welsh. We're, we're talking about one of the premier front rowers in Australia. And, yes, he had a season off during injury, but he's got to be there. He, he is He is like Josh Papalihi. Yeah, see? In Byro, Welsh, right there. <laughs> a, I see a scribble next to someone else's <laughs> name before that. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's, that's where we're at. We're scribbling, we're writing down and changing, borrowing it in. Christian Welsh has got to be there on the fact of what he's been there and done before. Because I know we talk about incumbency, but if you're replacing someone who's out injured, surely it's their spot that you're minding, right? So who's he taken out? Lindsay Collins. I've taken out Lindsay Collins and on the bench, I've got Tino, I've got Fafita, uh, Harry Grant is my utility and Ruben Cotter. Ruben Cotter, I think, needs to get a start, a very mobile forward. He can play on the edge, he can play hooker, he's got that versatility, he can play in the middle. And I think this is about versatility. The one that's been, actually, should we go so, to the New South Welshman? Are start, so you're starting to Papalihi and Welsh. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Oh, so what you're glad about that as a New South Wales fan? If I would much rather see, as a New South Wales fan, those two lining up, as good a players as they are, but those two lining up, they're very one-dimensional, I feel. Whereas you've got someone like Catino and a Lindsay Collins, both have got the offload. And, I mean, they'll do a job at Origin mm. no, no matter who you go for. But then you've, you look at Payne Haas on the other side of the field. I think I know which, which pair I'd rather come up against. What is the first 20 minutes of State of Origin, especially in game one? It, it's that feeling out period. It's the big bodies collecting each other, bashing each other into and, submission. And then you want to bring in that explosiveness of your offloads, of a, of a Tino, of a Fafita. Wait, when when they start to get a bit when they start to get a, a bit buggered, you want those big bodies out there to have the collision. Tino and Lindsay are big bodies as well. That's who I've got. If I was picking the Queensland side, I would pick Tino for Suomala Awi and Lindsay Collins up front. I love big bodies to absorb that impact, and also they've got that ball playing because it's so much quicker now. Listen to him, Benny. Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm actually agreeing with the New South Welshman on this, and I'm. Can I turn both your mic? This has gone pear-shaped quickly. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. No. To me, in that in that hustle and bustle, like at the start that you're talking about, yeah. I'd prefer Tino in there. I, I, you need fire. You need hot heads. You don't need too many of them, though. You also need cool and calm heads, and that's where your Christian Welsh and your papa, as leaders, senior leaders of that team, they can have that coolness under under fire. Do, do we? It's care? a good headache to have. Do, do we care? Do we no, what we do because every hero needs a villain, right? <laughs> we, we, you know, Queensland are great because New South Wales are New South Wales, and Queensland are easy to admire, though. Hey. Oh, apparently. <laughs> okay. I know if you're referencing the Johns brothers here. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And this is why New South Wales don't get state of origin. The fact that Matty can say that, that he admires Queensland. Um, it's one thing to maybe have that admiration, but to say it publicly, I'm with Joey with the passion and the fact that he was gutted after that origin loss and is still gutted to this day. He gets it. He gets that passion. He gets the fact that when you wake up in the morning after a state of origin loss, it hurts. It hurts so much more. But for Matty then to say he admire a Queensland team, that that's nice, but it's origin, right? You don't give the opposition anything. You do not, as good as they are, as good a player as they are, please, New South Wales. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, you were saying? I wasn't saying anything. I just no. got – 
No, but you should. Looked over at me a couple of times. Mm. Well, after the weekend, Jerome Luai, I think I, as much as I would love to see Hines picked in the six jersey, I think Jerome Luai has now probably firmed his spot. Like Good. you said to us, we're very happy with that selection. <laughs> very happy with that, yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, t- from from my perspective, as good a front foot player as Jerome Luai is, I think all he showed on the weekend was that he is a great front foot player because it's probably the first game this year where Penrith have really been on top from the outset and it's been his best game of the year. And then you look two Flat years ago. track. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Basically the words he used, right, Benny? It's the F word. Yeah. And you want that? No, I want Heinz. If I was picking the team, I would be picking Heinz, but I don't get paid enough. Didn't you just say Luai was going to be there? Luai will probably be there. I assume so. But this is the whole point of you. If you were a selector, who would you pick? (laughs) He doesn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) You've asked two different questions. No, it's you're picking your team. Yeah, Nico Hines then. Yeah, I'm not, not saying the who six. the selectors are going right. to pick. Who would you pick Nico and why? Hines. <laughs> Nico <laughs> Hines is there. It's the aim of the game. <laughs> um, the other one, mm. after watching him against the Sharks, that I'm very concerned about is Tommy Turbo. And him this year generally. As good as he was in the 21 series, he mm. doesn't look like he can stretch out and reach the top speed and have the impact and the tackle-busting ability that he did that year because he won the Dally M that year as well. But it just it looks like these hamstring injuries. He's had a hip pointer, a lower back apparently. The groin's apparently in trouble as well. I don't know if you can pick him. So I'd probably be going Campbell Graham there in that centre spot. That scares me a little bit. I'd, I'd want Toby Turbo to be picked because he is only on one leg or half a leg. But um, now you're starting to talk some and, sense. And we've heard for a whole year, haven't we, that uh, from New South Welshman after the loss last year that, oh, wait till we get Turbo on the troll back. Wait till we get Tomo uh, mm. Turbo on the troll back. And you probably might not even pick Turbo. So it's uh, interesting to see how that plays out. The, the, the other one that I've penciled in, uh, sorry, not penciled in, I've got the biro out and gone over the pencil with after the weekend, is Kurt Capewell. Uh, he, he was always there or thereabouts, and yes, he's an incumbent. But um, uh, And a big shout-out to everyone who was at Padua on Saturday night. I had the luxury of hosting the – and the very good fortune of hosting their sportsman's dinner there, which was absolutely brilliant. Kurt Capewell uh, was a last-minute replacement because Adam Reynolds was going to be the guest speaker, but uh, obviously suffering that uh, still side effects of concussions. So uh, Reno had to pull out, and Kurt Capewell, like a good deputy, stepped up. But just hearing his origin story, and he reminded me that he ended up on the wing last year when, don't laugh, when Burton and Gagai were binned. So he was already pushed out into the centres when Selwyn Cobbo uh, was lost in the first couple of minutes and then pushed out in the wing. So you need that balance. You need that versatility. You need someone who can cover those positions. You're not carrying a winger or a centre on the bench you're not doing that. So that's where Capewell comes in. But you remember that 2020 series, the worst team ever? Well, the worst team ever had the worst centre ever. And he admits it. He said, Wayne Bennett picked me in the centres for State of Origin. What, what was he thinking? Uh, but they ended up they ended up winning, obviously, as we know, history shows. Um, so maybe, actually, maybe Kurt Capewell goes down as one of our bolters. The biggest bolter in Origin history to be playing in the centres. Bolter to be picked at wing. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, quickest winger in uh, Queensland history. <laughs> um, who's your biggest – have you got a bolter for this year? Um, I've gone Hudson Young on the bench after the last few weeks. I, I had Hamole Olakawatu locked in there um, the way he started the season, but it, it's sort of plateaued off with Manly's form. So Hudson, I've gone yeah. Hudson Young there who can pull out big plays. 
Um, you can pull and, out a I mean, penalty in a sim bin too. But sure, yeah, that's good. <laughs> he's only been sim bin once this year. Yeah, it's, what's the penalty say? Six again. Six again. That's no, all right. Keep going. Let, let me just have a look at the, the, look at this Queensland the team. The names, of, <laughs> the only, names in the only, Queensland team. He's only Munster. been binned once. <laughs> Tino. <laughs> mm. Sin bins and penalties. Munster. Tino. Yep. Anyway, yeah, I've got Hudson Young there. Um, and then Liam Martin, his first involvement uh, Friday night when he's leveled um, Matty Lodge and forced an error. I think that just secures his spot in the back row um, since he's back from that hamstring injury. All right. Bolters for you, Hoff? Bolters. Um, I don't really have any. I think the, the, the Queensland side kind of picks itself, um, you know, on, on form and incumbents and, and things like that. So I think um, – Maybe maybe the only one is uh, our our favourite man Flegler um, moving Fire into that. Up, fan of pants. <laughs> Fire up, fan of pants. I said it purely for that reason, but not Horsburgh. Fire he... up, fan of pants. <laughs> Every time we say, it, stop pressing the well, button. That's a hard one for me. I like both of them actually. I hope Corey gets a go, but. I think Flegler's been there before. So. Every, every every team needs a redhead. Fire up, but, but sadly, I don't have one in my team at this stage. Uh, your team for Origin. Who's your bolter? Who was your favourite Origin bolter? I've had a text come through saying, "What about, what about Alfie as an Origin bolter? Alfie, Origin, really? Came across oh, from oh, England. Hang on. Or oh, hang on. We need clarification on the text. Are we talking eighty-seven? When he was picked over Laurie Spina, or are we talking 2001 when he was brought back from England? Does Alfie fit into that category as an origin bolter? Who's been your biggest? 13, 13, 55, What a joke one of those text messages are. I want to check this number. I reckon that's Sam's number. <laughs> this Sam guy seems to know what he's on about. I reckon get him on more. Stephen from Strathpine. I reckon if we ring that number. Yeah, it'll it'll ring in the studio. I reckon <laughs> Sam's number will pop up. Uh, 131355. Uh, look, that's the office banter that has been happening here. I know it's been happening all over the state too. Uh, your teams, your office, your workplace, who's come up with the weirdest one? Who's come up with selections that are going to rock State of Origin this year? 131355-0467-736. Uh, back with your calls, your thoughts, and Robbo on the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, and a very good morning to you. 24 minutes past 10. A full board of texts and callers. I love this. Love this indeed. A lot of them are irate Dragons fans, though. Lee said, Ben, Dragons' problems is that there is only Ben Hunt on the field. No other player puts the effort in. Lomax is not the player who needs to be dropped. Ben is yelling at the team or game. They don't lift their effort. Drop them out of the team. See how they feel. Ben Hunt versus 13 opposition players every match. New coach will not change that. Ben Hunt versus the rest. Yeah, 13-13-55-0467-736. Razor said, Ben, I'll give Dragon supporters 24 hours before they start complaining about their new coach after doing it since October 4th, 2010. Was that when, well, that was after the grand final, wasn't it? Wayne Bennett. Yeah, the same blah, 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 every loss. That's Razor's words, uh, not mine. Uh, look, every week, Patton Heels will choose a junior sporting team from around the great southeast to be our little legends of the week. And to make things even better, the winning team receive a free meal at Macca's. Oh, how good. To enter your junior sporting team, maybe it's your sons, your daughters, or maybe your grandkids, send them to Macca's Little Legends. All you need to do 
is to jump on our website, sen.com.au forward slash win. So sen.com.au forward slash win. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Patton Hills, they'll announce their first Little Legends winner, Maccas, proud supporters of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. Go Lions, hashtag 2023 Grand Finals. Oh, yes, he's back after a massive week last week and including a game where he was still hobbling around injured but picked up 34 touches uh, in the uh, local comp. I am speaking of Mitch Robinson. Robbo, very good morning to you. Yeah, let's go. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> more, important, more importantly, more importantly, what, what's happening with you leading into Q Clash? Because it's a massive uh, game this weekend. SEN's got the call. You've got to be part of it. But you've been part of the last eight Q Clashes. Are these games a manufactured rivalry or is there a bit of hate in amongst this between the locals? No, nah, I don't think it was manufactured at all. I think... And, uh, it's been built over. We always see the Gold Coast Suns as little brothers, so we haven't really. Um, no, I don't. I don't know the win loss ratio, but it feels like we got the wood over them. But they're playing some good footy. Um, they've had a lot of chances this year to be higher at the ladder, and they've lost a few close games and stuff. So it's not going to be an easy walk in the park for the Brisbane Lions. So yes, I am commentating Saturday night. I'm very excited. I'm going to try and not be biased about the Lions and how they're going. I'm going to say it how I see it. I'm excited. All right, how did you see the Essendon game on the weekend? It wasn't the highest quality. <laughs> oh, mate, it was a snooze fest. I only fell asleep, to be honest. Um, now the first half was obviously really low scoring, so it wasn't that enticing, but the Lions could have put them away a lot earlier with if they were you know, accurate, especially in the second quarter. They uh, missed a lot. Of, I, think six, I think they kicked six points in the second quarter, mm. um, all from basically set shots. So we expected the result to be you know 30 40 points or whatever whatever it was um you know when we did the predictions before the game and it was good joey put on a clinic he kicked six goals lucky neil dominated with 30 plus touches will ashcroft was up there again he's uh he's playing some great footy and we had a chat to him after the game and i know you're going to talk about the the potential of him winning his dad's medal which is crazy um but yeah, the, what, what what happened in the game is what we expected um Essendon had a few outs leading into the game um with injuries Late, 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 um, late players coming out of that game, so it was, it was always going to be tough for him. Yeah, but it should have been still. You, if you're a professional footballer, you'd be able to catch the ball when it comes to you, and both teams were guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was the ground was it looked like a joey from where we were sitting, but I think it was meant to rain, so it didn't in the end. But yeah, it seemed like the skills went on for what it should be, um, especially for two teams that are pretty high up the ladder and they're going to push the finals. So. Oh, I'm just going to put that game down to that it was a boring one and, and we'll move on from it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. As I said, Essendon had a few outs and, and the Lions. Sometimes when you play teams that you think you'll beat, it can be a little bit scrappy and um, that's what it was for the majority of the game. But Lions got the four points is what they want to do. They've won six straight now and Essendon lost three in a row, or maybe four in a row now, which is um, a little bit doom and gloom for them. But they should get a few players back and be able to have a crack again soon. Mm. All right. Now, Robbo, we have uh, Greg on the line who wants to uh, come into play here. Greg, good morning to you. How are you going, guys? Very well. Uh, first G'day, of all, Greg. I'd like to say thank you, for the, thank you for the tickets last week. My son really enjoyed the uh, Lions game. 
Oh, mate, no, they're too easy. That's uh, that is uh, our absolute pleasure. What um, what uh, what was the highlight for so, you and um, the you and the little one? Ah, uh, so he was a little bit confused about uh, the booing from the Essendon fans every time Danaher had a shot at gold, and no one's mentioned it this week at all. Oh, I'm not sure. Are you a Brisbane Lions fan, Greg? Uh, I'm a West Coast fan. <laughs> oh, you'd be struggling oh, okay. to yeah. jump on that Lions bandwagon. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah that that's pretty tough to be going for West Coast right now. But no, the the reason during the week it was actually well um, publicised about the booing of um, champions and and the discussion around former players who might have left their original club to go to a new new facility, and um, that's what Joe Danaher was all about. He left the Essendon Bombers and. His last name's pretty much royalty at Essendon Football Club, and when he came up here, he he uh, he's extended his career and had a great great career up in Brisbane Lions. So usually players when they leave teams to go to another team, they get booed off the bat, and and I think it's happened a couple of times now for Joe, and it doesn't help when he's got the ball in his hand for a majority of the game and he's kicked six goals. So he's definitely rubbing salt in the wounds there, <laughs> but uh, that's a common occurrence in the AFL. Hey Greg, can I ask you um, what was the the crowd like? I mean, obviously majority Lions fans, but there was a fairly healthy Essendon base there. Is is that what we're gleaning out of this? Yeah, mate. Yeah, there was. Uh, I reckon it was a good sixty forty split, and it was really quiet from the Lions fans until about midway through the third quarter. Yeah, well, the way they were the way they were playing both teams, it was uh, it was a tad on the ordinary side. And uh, and look, I, I wasn't there to see it in person because uh, of the Padua dinner, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. But I was able to watch the uh, the, the highlights and the replays. Um, and I even thought, um, well, sitting down to watch the replays and the highlights of what are they? Eighteen minutes on on, on Foxtel. Uh, someone said you, you're not going to get the eighteen minutes because there wasn't that many highlights in the <laughs> that could fill the eighteen minutes. I went, oh, okay. And that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, My, very, very, very. Hey Greg, appreciate the call, and uh, and I'm I'm glad you and the the little bloke uh, enjoyed the game. But but hey, Robbo brings back up the the what we were talking about last week about booing. Um, it's just part of the game, isn't it? If you're a a champion of the game, and it comes back to every hero needs a villain. For Bombers fans, Joe Danaher is a villain. Yeah, and the majority of the game that was getting um, getting the you know the fans and supporters into it because Joe kicked the first two goals for the Brisbane Lions, so he was obviously um, implementing himself pretty pretty much into that game off the bat. So they got the fans into it. It gave, it gave when he was getting booed, the actual Lions fans were cheering as well, trying to overpower the boos. So I thought that was pretty fun, funny, and and being a fan of the game now, not playing it like that kind of stuff for supporters is always a bit of fun and and gets them involved in the game in, in, in a manner that they usually wouldn't be able to. So, yeah, for some for some cases, it makes a lot of sense. Like, um, you know, past players going to new clubs or um, someone who might have done a dog act in, during the game, they're going to get booed and you've got to expect it. Or or little legends like Mitch Robinson, Dane Zorko, who were just antagonists and just get booed for the fun of it. So, um, I, I like it. I like the booing thing. I, I hate that they're trying to tell people not to boo. Um, they're kind of just saying, like, telling your kid not to play with a PowerPoint. Like, that's just what's going to happen or play with the windows in the car. Like, you just, I don't think, unless it's actually got some serious connotations to it, I don't think that you can be out there telling, you know, supporters what to do when that's been a part of the game since, what, 1870, I'd say. It is Tuesday morning, half past 10. In fact, it's 10.33. Mitch Robinson, uh, my guest, as he always is on a Tuesday. The Coast, they've won three of their last four games. They sit 11th on the ladder, so just one win out of the eight. We are going to dissect Q Clash uh, coming up next, but right now it is time for a news hit.
1313 Crash Craddock, not too far away. I want to run the rule through the international calendar of cricket that has come out and uh, obviously the uh, well, the discussion around playing on Australia Day as well. I've got to give you some clues too for the quiz, which is coming up. Uh, I know Robbo is standing by. Uh, let me see. I'm going to give you an answer to the last man standing quiz. I'm not going to tell you which question. But I'm going to give you an answer. Um Rugby sevens. Rugby sevens, yes. And if you've been listening to the show today and last week, a lot of these answers will be very clear to you. Uh, Robbo, the Suns and Lions, where will it be won on Saturday night? Yeah, I think it's a, a matter of – everyone always says it's a midfield battle, and I think that's going to be the case, territory especially. But the forwards, I think it's going to be one or lost in the forwards because the Brisbane Lions have got that many avenues of goal. It's it's hard to stop. You've got Joey Danaher kicking the six, and you can – Get Eric Hibwood pop up. And you've got Link McCarthy, who's a sprinkler. He'll just pop out of nowhere. Charlie Cameron had a very quiet night. Andy McGrath did an amazing job on him. Did you just call Link McCarthy a sprinkler? Yeah, pop up a sprinkler. It's like when they're, when they're watering the, the ground, they just pop up from nowhere and you kick a couple of goals. <laughs> That's outstanding. You can use that if you want. You I will. That Is that his nickname yeah. around the club? No, nah, I just thought of it then because I'm a mad dog. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, honestly, honestly, I think, like, I don't know if the Gold Coast Suns have the, enough tall Timber out down back to be able to stop the Brisbane Lions and, and their midfield is humming at the moment. And Took Miller not being in there, uh, I think that's a big loss for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and speaking about that rivalry, I mean, we remember when Zorkson uh, refused to shake Took Miller's hand, uh, Stephen May yeah. cleaned up Steph Martin, yeah. put him in an ambulance. Yeah. So, yeah. so I reckon, and you know, the uh, Nick Robinson, when he called them soft. <laughs> uh, yeah. He coughed, he coughed them from fags in a meeting, too, for saying that. <laughs> That was the funniest thing. I was like, why is Robbo doing interviews? No. <laughs> Which Robbo? Never, Wrong Robbo. No, no, Nick Robbo. I know. Nick Robbo. Not, not Mitch the Robbo. <laughs> nah, but no, nah, it, it, it is building. It's slowly building, but you need both teams to be competitive in, in top eight of the ladder because... If one team's just winning all the time, which in recent times that's the Lions, mm. it's not really a rivalry. So you got like I don't think we'll ever get ever get to, you know, the, the big four clubs in Victoria to be those rivalry type games, but it's slowly building and within time if the Gold Coast start winning more games and climbing that ladder like like I believe they can, um, that's when it starts popping off and you start seeing good crowds and more views um, on that game itself. So if if hey, if Gold Coast win this week, holy, that's a big talking point. Yeah, massive. Uh, they you'd think they'd have to be climbing into the eight after that. And you have a look around. I mean, yep. ben, ben King up front, he's back. He's fit and yep. firing. He, he's kicking goals like it's uh, no one's business. Noah Anderson, he was uh, right up there. And Rowley, we know. Um, they just, yeah, uh, the, just dominate. The goat. Yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Pre-match rituals, Robbo. We know, we know oh. chewing on grass is Matt Rowell's thing. Did you have one? Or yeah. what's the weirdest you've seen? <laughs> No, no, mate. Nothing compares to that. That's that's a whole nother ball game. But no, I had nothing. I literally because I try to make it as like cool, calm, as collected as possible. The only thing is, my family know not to talk to me or come near me because I just I'm that angry during the day and I'll just pretty much just bite their head off. So I pretty much just stick to myself. There's no rituals because I find that if I've had a if I don't get a little nap in or something goes wrong, and then that's when you start playing mind games with yourself. So I'm just like, you know what, I wake up when I want, go for a walk, or if I want to play computer games all day, I'll do that. So that was my, that was my day leading into it. But these big games, you might tend to like get a little bit of nerves rolling in around Friday night, and then bang, it's a big game. 
And you get it out of you by eating grass. Robbo, we will <laughs> chat again next week. Good luck with the call, SENQ. Of course, if you're going to the game, download the app. You'll be able to hear all the pre-game match information before 5 o'clock, the game itself, and then post-match as well. SEN app downloaded uh, from Google Play or uh, the App Store. Unbelievable stuff. It's the best way to listen to us as well. 13-13-55 if you want to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. We're going to be talking cricket straight after this. The international scheduling. The Gabba is the fifth test of the year, the last test of the summer. What? Is it because of the Gabba, the stadium? Are we that far down the pecking order? Crash Craddock next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. At 9 away from 11, get the trigger fingers ready. 13 13 55 is the number you need to be part of Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Doing that straight after the news at 11 o'clock. But right now we're going to delve into the world of cricket because it's not long until the international, the ICC Test Championship gets played. Uh, the beginning of June is happening there at the Oval. And then we get straight into the Ashes. We know the Australian cricket team is in town right now training out at Allen Border Field and the National uh, Centre of Excellence, uh, and then they jet off to England. But what we also know is that the last test of the summer, this upcoming summer, is going to be at the Gabba, not the first test. Why? Is that how far down the Gabba is in the pecking order as far as stadia are concerned? Well, let's tap one of the best cricket brains in the country. Ashes tours, international tours with cricket. He's done so many, he's forgotten. Uh, Crash Craddock, a very good morning to you, oh, mate. Um, is this yes. is this a true representation of where we stand as far as the pecking order yeah. of the Gabba? Well, I, I think that's it. You, you've hit it first up. I mean, the Gabba is the number five test venue on the mainland in Australia. Uh, Sydney is old, but it's Sydney, and that's where... It's Australia's biggest city, so you can understand that it gets a test. Melbourne, the MCG, there's no argument there, Boxing Day test. But Adelaide have invested so well. Uh, I did a survey in the press box three years ago. I asked 19 cricket riders, which was the best cricket ground in Australia, and all 19 to the Adelaide Oval. So wow. I'll leave it with that one. And Perth have spent a billion dollars on their stadium. So as we enter this period waiting for the redevelopment of the Gabba, we are reminded that Brisbane has fallen to the number five venue. Now, Ben, that's the bad news. The good news is next year, I think Brisbane will host the first test against India. And the year after that, I think it'll host the first test against England. And then I think it'll be out of play for four years to be redeveloped. But so this is just a tough year. Is that because of the quality of opposition and the Gabba gives us so much of a tactical advantage? Um, No, it's because... Uh, the lateness of the summer, uh, it starts in late December, which is... Oh, sorry, sorry, Crash. I, I was throwing forward to the Indian and, and, and then Ashes series. Is, is it, is, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely it is, because the players always say this, this simple sentence, Ben, if we've got tough opposition, we want to start at the Gabba where we've lost once since 1987. We, we, we like the... We like the thought of opposition teams coming here and and appearing first up at the Gabba where, where you know, they, they find it very uncomfortable. That's great. They love it. So, yeah. So, it, it's a player-driven thing and uh, against tough opposition. But when the opposition falls off the, the pecking order and, and you're down to the number two series, it doesn't really matter. 
that's when the quality of the stadium kicks in. Yeah, all right. Well, we've got the Windies in a day night. It's a day nighter at the at the at the Gabba over the Australia Day long weekend. It starts January twenty five. Australia Day is the Friday, uh, and then we're going into the long weekend. And there's been plenty written about being uh, held on Australia Day. Crash. I, I, I say sport on Australia Day is a good thing, and we should play more of it because sport is the great uniter in society. But I know everyone doesn't see it that way. No, and Ash Gardner, our uh, female Indigenous test star, said she has grave reservations about it because, you know, Australia Day is Invasion Day for a lot of Indigenous people. Usman Khawaja yesterday said, look, I don't mind playing cricket on Australia Day, but not on that date because that date is an uncomfortable one. If they move Australia Day, fine. Uh, but so it's a very, very vexed issue. Uh, Australia, Cricket Australia is very mindful, Ben, that there's tennis on at that time of the year and this pitch battle between the stations with uh, the tennis and the cricket and they hate giving up a holiday. Uh, but they claim it's to, they don't mind having the day because it educates people. Well, I think that's a lightweight excuse. It doesn't educate anyone. It's just there for commercial interests. Crash, we have a look forward to the Ashes and obviously that test against India for the World Test Championship. Um, Michael Neeson, not in the squad. But, geez, he's been killing it at England, hasn't he, playing for Glamorgan? Yeah. Do you know, he really has. He, he In his most recent game, he scored 80 runs, the highest of the innings, and took four for 40. Previously, he took seven wickets in an innings. Mm. He's... Just the sort of bowler Australia always regrets not choosing in India, in England. I, I can't name how many times after an Ashes tour we get back from England and said, you know, we should have chosen an old-fashioned swing bowler like Terry Alderman. See, they're not macho enough for us, Ben. We, we, we love our rump and thump and bump bowlers who get into the ribs in a bowl at 145. But gentle swing bowling has its place in in England, and, and Michael does it as well as anyone. Having said that, let me point out that Nisa and Sean Abbott have been called into the squad to train uh, in a couple of weeks' time, and I actually don't mind the idea of just waiting until you need them and then going bang, because nowhere in England is beyond a three-hour drive from a test venue. So if you need Michael Nisa... You can call him in a match eve if you want to. And he's match hardened from playing with Glamorgan. So I've just got a feeling he'll play in the series, Ben. Yeah. I, I really have. I just hope it's yeah. in the first couple of tests because you don't want to let the series get away before you, you bring him in. Any intel on Josh Hazelwood and the IPL? I know he played the first couple of games, but he missed the last one, didn't he, for the um, for RCB? Yeah, it did. He's been battling an Achilles uh, tendon problem. Uh, he bowled apparently without pain, but he did miss that game. I, I know he is on workload management at the moment. They're very confident of having him up and around for the Test Series uh, in England, you know, the one-off game against India, and then, of course, the five Test Ashes. But, look, he, he's played, I think, no more than two Tests in his last five series. Yeah. In, in it, like the, so it, it's been, for a guy that was indestructible year after year, that, you know, that's a major setback. So uh, there's a watch on him coming into England. And that's where Nisa could come into the equation. Hello, very, Michael Nisa. Exactly. Now, let's cast our yeah. eye very quickly before time beats this crash. Over the Poms, they've got a few injury worries, haven't they? Joffre Arsha's elbow's not good. We see Jimmy Anderson's under an injury cloud. Do you know, Ben, 
the tide has turned Australia's way in the Ashes. I like it. It really has. I mean, not just Joffre Archer being out with an elbow injury and probably missing the series, not just Jimmy Anson having a little groin tweak, which is keeping him on the sideline for the moment, but it's the collective toll of injuries. Like Ben Stokes can't bowl. He's been dropped by his IPL team and he's barely played since April. And there's talk he might even open the batting. Uh, and there's talk today that Johnny is going to wicket keep. So they're shuffling the deck. They're nervous. The bombs. Bring it on, I say. Oh, bring Australia it. Australia this time, Ben. You watch. Bring it on indeed, Crash. We cannot wait. Thank you, mate, for running the rule over at Crash Craddock uh, from the Korea Marble. We'll see him tonight on the back page as well. Uh, 13 13 55. You're getting question for the quiz. We'll do it straight after the news. Which AFL team did Israel Falau play for? Hit the phones right now. You will get through Lions tickets. The Q Clash up for grabs. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past 11. Thanks for your company. 131355 is the number you need. Coming up this hour, we are going to touch base at Redcliffe and at Red Hill. The GOAT, Mark Nichols, will be along from the Dolphins. They've got a big assignment this weekend against one of his former teams, the Melbourne Storm, and I'll be catching up with John Cartwright, Big Hoss, the uh, assistant coach at the Broncos. He deputised for Kevy uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, he went down with the flu but uh, was back there uh, taking on uh, Manly in Magic Round. Kevy, that was, but uh, John Cartwright held the reins. So we'll find out what is happening at uh, Red Hill and Red Cliff. Oh, Adam Reynolds, will he be playing? Ah, but right now, I need you to do this. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Ah, cheap indeed. Uh, One of his safari suits is probably about as far as I would go in the cheap stakes. 13.13.55. You call, you can be part of the Whiz Quiz this round. How it works this week, as it does every week, 10 questions. If you can answer the 10th question correctly... You are the winner. You'll take home a double pass to the Gabba this Saturday night for Q Clash. And it's going to be a ripping game. Two teams that are in form, the Suns and the Lions going head to head. We have callers on the board, but I'd be timing my run here because the questions this week, I think they're easy. But I've thought that in the past and have been mistaken. And if you're listening to Patton Heels this morning too, uh, they were trying to give away an origin pass. I thought it was an easy question with who is the oldest Queenslander to have played State of Origin. Petro Sivanaseva. But it, it took a number of calls to get through. So if you're not on the board now, I'd be getting on with some of these questions in play. Um, very quick on the trigger, though, was Russell out at Forest Lake. Russell, very good morning to you. How are you listening to us this morning? Are you in your car? Are you on the app? Um, on the app at uh, work, mate. Ah, fantastic. That's good. What do you do for a crust? Where's work? Can you say or are you going to get in trouble? No, no, I work for an ice cream distributor who distributes streets ice creams. Outstanding. What's your favourite? Magnum, mate. Oh, yeah, good man. A classic. Brilliant. 
Yeah. You, you can be very handy tonight. You can, you can be very handy tonight, Russell. All right, let's go. Let's see how we go here. Uh, question number one. It was our getting question. Which AFL team did Israel Folau play for? Gold Coast Suns, mate. Oh, no, 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 Russell. I wanted to give you the magnum too, but I can't. Um, no, it wasn't. That was Carmichael Hunt. Let's see. Let's go to Clancy at Kelvin Grove. Clancy, morning. How you going? Very, very well. Uh, you in the car? Yeah, yeah, driving along. Fantastic. Do you know which team Israel Flower played for? Greater Western Sydney. Greater Western Sydney. We are off and running. Now, if you have been listening to the program today and also last week, that's where a lot of these answers will filter into as well. Okay, question number two. <clears throat> which NRL coach, born in Rockhampton, has coached the Brisbane Broncos and the Penrith Panthers just got sacked by St George this morning? Anthony Griffin. There we go. I told you there was a mixture here. Some easy, but some may come in a bit harder, a bit more difficult. The Q Clash in AFL is on this weekend. It's played between which two clubs? Uh, the Lions and the Suns. <laughs> Clancy, you are flying today. So this is the easiest phone call you'll make all day. Um, do you watch the rugby? Do you follow the Queensland Reds? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, good, because this next question pertains to them. They just took out which undefeated Super Rugby team on the weekend? The Chiefs. Oh, yes. What about the Chiefs? I love this. They rested nine players against the Reds, nine players, and it came back to bite them. Hell of a finish, too. They broke a 10-year drought in New Zealand. Here we go. We're going to start to ramp it up a bit now. Queenslander Jason Day. How good was this? It was J-Day's day yesterday. He broke a five-year PGA title drought, winning the Byron Nelson. How many majors has Jason Day won in his career? And which one? One. Yes. Uh, he won the. Do I have to say it? Yeah, go for it. USPGA or PGA or whatever. That's it, the PGA Championship. <laughs> well done. You are. See, I thought that would be the one that would clip people up, Clancy, but you're on a roll. You've got plenty breathing down your shoulder now too. They've all phoned in thinking, no, 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 we're not going to get there. All right, question number six of ten. If you were listening last week when I had Brent Tate on the show, he spoke about crow pecking a New South Wales player during the 2012 Origin Series. Think of, think of the punch that Brent Tate threw. Who was the player that he crow pecked? Oh, I'll say Greg Bird. Oh, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm going to say that's because you were listening to the show and you do remember, right? But um, or maybe it was a famous uh, uh... vision. <laughs> Just to say yes, yeah, Clancy, and move on. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, we're going down the AFL path again. Uh, which Brisbane Lions star silenced the critics on the weekend by six, uh, kicking six goals in the win over his old team? Danaher. Uh, Danaher, question number seven. See, I, I, I told you there was a mixture of easy ones and difficult ones. And this one, well, this may trip you up or you just may fly right through it. Question number eight, Clancy. What sport do you associate the name Charlotte Kaslick? Rugby sevens. Uh, yes, it was one of the clues I was giving out. Now, let me see. That's eight straight. 
That that ties the record set by John down at Chambers Flat. If you can get this one, question number nine, the penultimate question, you will have the record. It doesn't give you the win, but you'll have the record for the most number of questions in a row. All right. Hopefully it's easy. Question number nine. The Raging Bull, Gordon Tallis, Queensland legend, Broncos legend. Who did he make his first grade debut for? St. George. Oh, you've got the record. Well done. You you had to think about that, didn't you? Yeah, I I just remembered him with hair and a St. George jersey, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he sat out that entire year, didn't he? When Super League came around, he wanted to play for the Broncos. He was contracted St. George and actually sat out a year. Imagine what his stats would be at his prime after not sitting out a year. All right, we've got to build this up. This is going to be big. Clancy, you have got five callers breathing down your neck, so no pressure, but this is for 10 straight. This is to create history and also to win a double pass to the Q Clash Saturday night at the Gabba. Here we go. Rugby League, who was the inaugural coach of the Gold Coast Titans? Um, ooh, I'm going to say, I don't think it's right, but can't write. Um, can't remember his first name. Clancy, you got it right. You took a punt. Cartwright was right. You've just gone 10 straight. This is Origin-esque like. This is Maroons like. This is a dynasty you have built. I wish I could ask you more questions. Mate, this is unbelievable. 10 straight. Genius. Clancy, what do you do for a crust? Don't tell me you're a sports historian. No, I'm a, no, I'm a sports journalist. No. <laughs> Welcome on board, son. Outstanding. What a very honourable, a very honourable profession as well. Clancy, well done, mate. Congratulations. Well, you know what? I hope you've got the night off work on Saturday because you'll be going to watch the Lions and Suns Q Clash at the Gabba. Take a mate, take the other half, take whoever you like. You're doing it on us. Outstanding stuff. Thank you, mate. Well done. Ten out, of, Thank you. 10 out of 10. We've got to make a promo about that. We've got it. That's unbelievable. 10 out of 10. It can't happen too often, though. Otherwise, it just blows the, quiz, <laughs> the idea of the quiz out of the water. Oh, dear. Um, 13, 13, 55 is the number. We're going to clear the board, clear the decks. <clears throat> That's the number that you need to uh, let me know what's on your mind today. We have been talking about plenty. Sport. On Australia Day. I'll double down on that after we take this quick break at 13 minutes past 11. We'll head out to the peninsula to find out the latest, excuse me, in the Dolphins camp from their goat. And we'll be speaking to the quiz winning answer. That's right. John Cartwright, not at the Titans anymore, but at the Broncos. Will Adam Reynolds play this Thursday night against the Panthers? All will be answered before midday today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, almost 19 past 11. Thanks for your company. Ben Davis with you until 12 o'clock today. Uh, we're going to get to the peninsula very shortly. Mark Nichols, the goat from Redcliffe, standing by. But uh, I want to get a few text messages away, phone calls as well. Um, the beginning of the program, I started out talking about Australia Day and how sport should 
be played on the 26th of January. I know it's a date that is divisive, but the reason I'm calling for sport to be played and should be more sport played, I know we've got the Australian Open and we've got the fifth test here at the Gabba, but sport is the great uniter in society. I'm not saying it to be divisive. I'm saying it to unite us. It doesn't matter what you do in life. It doesn't matter your station, your level, your job. It brings us together. And that's what we should all be aiming for, isn't it? As a society, as a nation. There's no right or wrong way to celebrate Australia Day. You have that choice. You have that freedom to do what you want to do. That's why we celebrate Australia. It's why we celebrate this great country that we live in, because we have been given that freedom, that choice. But I think to get us together on the same page, there's nothing like sport to do that. You may have differing opinions. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to talk to you about them today. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, my next guest is all the way from Redcliffe, all the way from the peninsula. And I reckon he may be on the verge of getting kicked out of the front rowers union because he's already scored two tries this season. Marshall King finds Wallace. There is Nichols. Terrific short ball. Mark Nichols scores a try. Look at this. Front rower to front rower. <laughs> Even blockers surprised. Mark Nichols, very good morning to you. Congratulations on the season so far. Uh, good morning. Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, always happy to score, score a try. So um, to have two under the belt already is, uh, has made me very happy. Yeah, outstanding stuff, mate. I know it's back to work now after the bye, but you were busy in bye week. What were you doing down at Springwood at the Lions on uh, uh, last week, late last week? Yeah, I was down there last Wednesday night. Um, I was selling some uh, mushroom meat trays uh, for Mushrooms Australia. So we, Hang on, uh, mushroom uh, meat trays? Yeah, so a little, little modern twist on the um, meat tray that we all uh, love and um, you know, most clubs around Australia have a have a, a weekly meat tray raffle, and um, we actually combined the meat with the mushrooms. And most of the uh, most of the members there were, were pretty happy with their with their win at the end of the night when they got to take home some delicious mushrooms and some uh, some nice fresh meat. Well, I like that idea because it's always something you've got to have something else with your meat on the barbecue, right? So you. You'd go for the mushrooms. You go for the onions. You obviously need some bread. So that's a that's a that's a great idea by mushrooms. Yeah, well, mate, I'm a uh, I'm a big fan of the mushroom sauce with my steak. So oh yeah, um, to get the mushrooms with the meat tray, it's a it's a win win all round. Do, are you like me? Do you go through the menu and you have a look at the other sauces and you go, oh yeah, that that could be good. Or maybe I'll go. And you just always go back to mushroom. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's not much. Uh, there's not much variety. Even, even you know, sometimes I think, oh, I probably should go the veggie and mash option, but you always just get the chips. chips going. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> you stick with what you know, and then you have a look at Diane's sauce, and you go, who was Diane, and what was this also good about? Anyway, we <laughs> we, we digress. Um, mate, let's let's turn our attention to this weekend. Actually, well, no, let's continue with the buy. Um, how do you, how do you feel? How's the team come back together after uh, after being away for a week? Do you feel refreshed heading into uh, heading into this weekend? Yeah, I think the, um, you know, I think from from what we've seen so far this year is most of the most of the teams um, 
have one after the bye. So hopefully we can continue that trend. We um, sort of had a few days off straight away after after Magic Round, and then the boys were back training Thursday, Friday last week, and then um, again had the weekend off to to refresh, and we're ready to go ripping in this week. So we've got a, sort of got a big game against the Storm this Saturday night. So doesn't get much tougher. No, well, exactly right. And you'd know that coming out of the Storm system as well. So you get to host them Saturday night, Suncorp, uh, half past seven. Um, we, we sadly have seen Anthony Griffin let go from the Dragons today. And there's always that rule in sport, isn't it, that if your coach gets sacked, then normally that team wins the next week. But what happens when a team re-signs a coach? What happens now? Because Melbourne have got that scenario with Craig Bellamy in charge for the next, well, knowing that his future is going to be uh, locked in for next year as well. Yeah, well, and from what I, um, you know, a little bit of what I what I caught yesterday, it was sort of um, big part of Craig's decision was Munster coming to him and saying the players wanted him to stay. So uh, no doubt, Mate, no how- doubt they're ready. No doubt they're ready for a big performance this weekend. You're right. Everything good. At, everything good where you are, mate. You got a bit going on in the background. No, I um, <laughs> I just had a I had an alarm set for um. For your for your interview, and I, I must have pressed snooze when it came through before you rang, so it just went off again. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good, all good. We've all been there. Hey, um, you've been under Craig Bellamy. You've been under Wayne Bennett. How, how blessed do you feel, Mark, uh, having had those two as coaches? Yeah, I mean, obviously, two of the modern greats. Uh, yeah, you could argue all day about who's 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 better and. Um, but yeah, to, I guess to be coached by both of them, um, it's something that I'll, when I finish my career, I'll, I'll look back on fondly. And yeah, it's, it's funny, they're two sort of different style of coaches, you know, sort of Craig's a bit more hands-on, he's very thorough and, um, you know, expect his players to sort of, yeah, I guess, know their role and execute their role, you know, to the T, where sort of Wayne's a bit more of a man manager, likes to get to know what makes you tick away from footy and, um you know, and then he's sort of, he's almost like that father figure to you. And, and you know, he's got different approaches for different players and he works out what's, what's best for them. But, you know, it sort of gets the same result on the weekend. It gets the, the players just don't want to let him down. And, um, you know, in the end, we play a pretty simple game. So if you get 17 guys that go out there, you know, committed and don't want to let each other down and their coach down, and, you know, you can get some good results. And that's sort of been what Wayne's been about his whole career. Oh, mate, well said, well said. Are you the type of player that responds to a cuddle or a kick up the bum? <laughs> uh, I think I'm actually... Wayne sort of leaves me alone. So he's sort of... <laughs> he's, he's, he's what I classed as a... You know, he's, he's, he's done a lot of work with um, with Dr. Phil. He's sort of been... Uh, he's, uh, so, I guess, he's sports psych since his Broncos days. And yeah. His name, is, his name is Phil, so everyone calls him Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil, but, Phil, Phil Jauncey, uh, yeah. Yeah, but he um, he sort of I guess categorises players into four different categories, and I'm what's called a thinker. So I guess the the danger of a of a thinker is they overthink too much. So sometimes uh, Wayne just lets me go. You know, he, he sort of said to me a few times, "If I'm not talking to you, then I'm happy with you." So don't <laughs> overthink that. <laughs> Very good. I'm tipping Bellier could be a bit different. Have you been on the end of one of his sprays? Yeah, it's funny. He. Um, He's normally like, it's funny, you see what happens in the box during the game, but, you know, before and um, before games at halftime, Craig's pretty pretty calm. He sort of, you know, he gets across what he wants to get across, but training's a different matter, you know. Like, he sort of, he's got like these pet hates and he, you know, like, 
just simple things like not pointing at Barker or, you know, taking a show as a defender. And if he sees you do it at training, it doesn't matter if he's 100 metres away and he sees it, he'll yell at you. So, um, yeah, they're definitely different coaches in that regard. Well, you would have been watching the, uh, the the Broncos storm with um, with great interest over the over the weekend. Um, what did you take away from that game? That the storm were well, they've got the points, so they're coming with you on, on the back of momentum. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Broncos have been going really good this year, so um, you know, I, I guess we know, you know what you're going to get with the storm, don't you? Sort of, they've got a class, the class fine, you know, um, Grant. Uh, Hughes, Munster, um, and then Nick Meany, you know, playing really well at fullback mm. in, in the place of Pappenhausen. So, you know, I guess, I guess for me as a as a front row, sort of as a forward pack, we know, you know, we've, we've got to do a job on their forwards because, you know, if they do a job on us, then that's fine. We'll just give their outside backs, you know, too many opportunities, and, and you know, they've got too much class to sort of give them opportunities, and I'll I'll eventually make us pay the scoreboard, and if if we don't, if we Sort of let them do it all night. They'll they'll really make us play. Yeah, nice one. You've got a few um, you've got a few uh, coming back from injury as well. Uh, I know Brenko Lee's coming back. Does he does does he slot back in, or does Val Meninga keep his spot? Uh, well, I guess that's one for the coach. But I, you know, I think I think you know, Noah Wayne, he, he sort of you know he likes to go for experience, especially in big games. So um, you know, I think Brenko will probably come back. I think Jesse's. Jesse's, um, you know, sort of, I think, pretty much um, looking like he, he'll probably play as well. And, yep. and I'll be back as well. So, um, you know, we should, have, we should have a few troops back, which will be good. Well, that, that's what I wanted to get into as well. You, you, your thumb okay? Because you, you, were, you were training with this, weren't you? And it was sort of, it went under the radar. We, we, we didn't know you were, you were in a bit of strife with it. But you, um, you trained, but then you had to go and get it all cleaned up, pinned and plated and, and put together again. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I actually did it against the Titans. Um, I've been telling everyone it was when I scored the try, but it was my right thumb, not my left thumb. I put the ball down with my left hand, so a few of the boys have called me out on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just had a I just had a bit of a you know well a broken thumb, and it was sort of moving around a bit. So the um, I guess the worry was I was going to do further damage to it. So. Um, with the buy as one of the three weeks that I was going to miss, they sort of just made the decision to get the get the surgery done and sort of plate the bone uh, or pin the bone, and um, I'll get the pins out this afternoon. So I should be should be right to play Saturday night. Oh, brilliant stuff, mate! Well, we wish you all the best with that. We uh, cannot wait to see you and the Dolphins in action. I reckon you've given us a, a a bit of a peer behind the curtain and how Wayne Bennett operates and how he gets the best out of his players. And 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 you guys just continue to stun the competition, which is outstanding. Uh, the underdog is really fighting and firing, and we hope that's in play against the Storm Saturday night. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. No, my pleasure, mate. Enjoy that mushroom sauce as well. Appreciate it. <laughs> it is Mark Nichols from the Dolphins front row. He is returning, and he loves his mushroom sauce as well. It, it, that's that's not. I'm just glad it's not just me who goes through the menu and 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 sees the mushroom sauce and goes, yeah, I'm go- no, no, I need to change up. I need to I need to experiment. I need a bit of variety. I need to. No, I'm going back to the mushroom. 13, 13, 55, 046, 736, 736. Uh, bang on half past 11. It's time now for a news hit.
Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 11.43, thanks for your company. Here until midday, uh, it has been a big show already. Uh, yesterday, before we... Well, before Graham Annesley stated the bleeding obvious that there was a process breakdown and there was a mistake made by the bunker in the Storm and Broncos clash, uh, a video went out to all the clubs to explain what a hip drop tackle was. Although the approach of the offender may differ slightly in each case, by now you can recognise that the most crucial element in differentiating the seriousness of each incident is the level of force applied directly to the ball carrier's legs. In this last example, while once again the three elements of grab, twist and drop are present, the reverse angle shows a significant distance between the legs of the ball carrier and body of the defender as he hits the ground. This is not a hip drop uh, and uh, it was not charged by the match review committee, uh, but there was obviously a penalty and a sin bin as a result of this that uh, were incorrect decisions. Wow. Uh, yeah, as I said, stating that bleeding obvious, it doesn't help the Broncos now. And, and what about that video? It sounded like an in-flight video you play on planes before you take off with the, you know, put the seatbelt on here and you put the, and in case of emergency, you do this. It was, wow, you couldn't sit through that for too long, could you? Uh, let's find out how that's been received at Clubland. On the line right now, the assistant coach from the Brisbane Broncos, John Cartwrighter. Man, I love having a chat to Carty. A very good morning to you. Um, is it a good morning after hearing that admission from Graham Annesley? Oh, uh, mate, yeah. I feel sorry for the referees at the moment, to be honest with you, Benny, and good morning, mate. Um, it's it, it's such a fine line. It's new. It's pretty new to everyone, the hip drop. I've never known what it was probably until the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Um, and to make that call uh, in that split second, it, it, it's, it's a tough one to say with his legs come in contact with his hips and... There's a lot of things that can happen. I really think they're just making it more and more complicated for the refs. I think with this type of tackle, mate, it, it, and I think I've heard other coaches say the same thing, and I'm pretty sure Kevy's of that opinion, that put it straight through the, to the uh, judiciary or straight through to the... They'll view it and then decide if there's a charge or not. But I think we're saying at the moment, sin bins and games are costing sides big time. And it doesn't matter yeah. how good a side you are, the game's that fast at the moment, and sides are so good at taking advantage of tall men in the opposition, it's, it can be pretty much game over in that 10-minute period. Hey, mate, I reckon you're, you're spot on there. Put them on report, let the judiciary sort it out, but just play on and keep them on the field. Unless, unless I guess, the devil's advocate side of that, Cardi, is that if there's someone who has definitely been injured and, and can't play on because of an illegal tackle, then, then do you see a sin bin coming into place if the opposition or if your team loses a man, then shouldn't the other? Um, I, I think that's, again, it's going to make it sort of complicated for us. I, I think most of us are in agreement that a hip drop tackle is, is, well, for the sake of a better term, it's not something that we go out and do on purpose. I, I can absolutely guarantee it's nothing that's ever been practised in any, any side that I've ever had to do had to do with. It, yeah. it just seems to be something that has evolved, um, whether, you know, more... Uh, the game has got quicker and more guys are, are poking their nose through the line, which drags the defender behind. Or I'm not 100% sure why it's happening, but I, I can guarantee you that it's, that it's never been practised. Now, I think we're getting away from what the sin bin was originally used for as well, mate. It was never used for anything like that originally. It was just to go in and cool down two blokes having a fight. 
both sides down to 12 seers in 10 minutes. But it's you know, now to, to pick and choose when someone goes to the sin bin. I saw one in the Canberra game the other night where a guy actually got penalised for a hip drop and he wasn't sin bin. So I, I don't... I, I really wish that they'd make that call straight to the... Uh, you know, they, they view it and if there's a problem, we fix it up Monday. Um, and then... Like I say, the more and more simbins in the game, I think the games are becoming more of a lottery. Mate, one thing you uh, can give us an insight into is how's the skipper, a- a- Adam Reynolds, um, after his head knock, I guess. <laughs> I know it was sort of self, uh, self-inflicted, self but how is he? And is he a chance for Thursday night? Mm, mate, as of yesterday, no. Mate, he, he was on the, the worst side of the, the protocol, so that's an 11-day stand-down. I yep. think the rule stands that you've got to get special permission or you know take some sort of special test to be able to get cleared. So that hasn't happened. Uh, his shoulder and his neck are okay. He's been carrying a bit of a shoulder for a few weeks, like nothing major, just wear and tear like most of the boys have from all clubs at, at this stage of the year. Uh, I'd, mate, I'd be surprised. Uh, he's ticking all the boxes. I, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't available for the following week. It was anyone that's had any sort of neck, you know, a, a weakening of the, the, the neck when you hit the ground, it, it can be quite scary, you know. So I, I, I think uh, all the precautions were taken, and and they took him to the shed, and he started to feel a lot better, you know, as that rolled on. But the the concussion was the one that sort of that held him back this week. How how much strife was he in with? I mean, we heard reports of pins and needles. Was it was it that bad? That severe? I, I think initially, mate, you, you you when it happens to you, you certainly panic. You know, you know you hit the ground awkwardly, and there's you, there's an awful sort of shudder when you hit the ground, and mm. you can tend to panic. Well, as we all would when it's that part of your body. You know, it, it can be quite serious. So I think initially. It's just, you know, you're in a little bit of shock, stay still. Yeah, I've got some pain in my neck. Um, and then the, the medico is very good at, at assessing and, and, you know, how to treat those types of things. So they took all the precautions. Uh, he got back into the shed. He was sick and sorry after the game, but uh, he felt a lot better the next morning. Uh, John Cartwright, my guest this morning, assistant coach of the Brisbane Broncos. Big test this Thursday night uh, up against the Panthers. It was the one test that you passed in round one. Uh, how much of a different team are, are they and you, for that matter, coming into round 12? Yeah, I, I think we've been very consistent. I think we started really well, which, we, you know, we have done. Uh, we did the uh, previous year as well. We've, now our challenge is to stay consistent. A really tough period for all clubs coming now. Um, you know, the cold weather starts to set in and, and origin players um, start to play. Uh, so, you know, you you really influential players are starting to double up their game. So it's a really uh, testing period for us. And yeah. it'll be the same thing for Penrith. I think I think they've had a bit of a, a shock over the last couple of weeks. They, they, they lost a couple in a row, one to the Tigers. Um, and then I think the, the realisation of that, uh, the Roosters felt the brunt of that last week. That was as good a performance I've seen for not only this year, probably for the last couple of years. They, uh, uh, just a talented side like the Roosters who pride themselves on the scoreboard um, to put them away by 40-odd points. And they're pretty close to full strength, the Roosters. It's uh, a bit of a warning for every other side in the comp that you know, Penrith are still there. Well, it was a, it is that time of year when origin selection comes into mind. I know this is going to be the last game you have before you lose players to origin, but that, what we saw last week 
Penrith and their players trying to cement their origin spots. Uh, I know yours were going through the same. This round, is it too late by now, Cardi, for players to to get an origin spot or could it come down to this weekend with the teams being picked on Monday? Uh, both states or Queensland have been Queensland for a long time, haven't they? You know, they stick solid. I think if you've been part of that side that won last year and, and you've been playing and, you you know, you formed consistent, I don't think those guys will have anything to worry about. New South Wales sort of have, have been more of a side that will change according to form. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting, you know, with, with Tommy Trevojevic, uh, what, the, what they do with him. Like Campbell Graham's probably the form centre of the whole competition at the moment. I, I don't think they could go into this into the game without him there, whether that's, you know, centre and wing and, and Tom in the centre. So there's probably a few little areas like that that New South Wales uh, will clear up. I think the Queensland team, I think, will be... You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, whether they will or won't play Caelan Ponger. I think he just had to get through uh, fit. It just helped that he had such a big game last week. It'll, you know, Huge. probably cement his role on the side as far as the public's concerned. But I think they're, they're going to be pretty close to what they decide to beat New South Wales last year, I would imagine. I know the team gets named in a couple of hours. Uh, do we see Corey Oates's? When I say the team, the, the Broncos team. <laughs> do, do we see Corey Oates's name on the team sheet this week? I know he's been trying really hard to get back. I don't think so, mate. I think it, that'd be a really early. Uh, yeah. They were initially saying six weeks, and I don't think it's been. It's probably been closer to three or four weeks. So, yeah. look, he's working really, really hard. Uh, every day, you know, days off, um, doing everything he possibly can. I'm sure he'll come back early, but probably just a, a bridge too far this week. All right, mate. Appreciate your time and the insight as well. Everything from hip drops to origin and, and Adam Reynolds and taking on the Panthers. You got a big task Thursday night. Uh, go well, Cardi. Thank you. Good on you, Benny. Here we go. John Cartwright, assistant coach at the Broncos. Um, that was an insight, wasn't it? Because we know that Adam Reynolds, when he first did that injury, uh, it was under the uh, under the concussion protocols of a Category 2 and was hoping to be right, but obviously has deteriorated uh, in that time. Uh, SEN.com is the place to find your official SEN merch. Right now, though, it's time for a break. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Well, things are just improving by the minute here, aren't they? It's now 18 degrees. It's been 17 degrees for the last four hours, I reckon, here in the southeast. Now climbed up to 18. Top of 22, they're telling us. Shower or two clearing for the rest of the day. Look, thank you for your company over the last three hours. Darren out at Redlands, thank you, mate. You are off to Origin Under the Stars. Well, right here at SENQ headquarters. We've got more tickets to give away uh, for that tomorrow. I'll be back from nine. Mal Meninga here at 10 o'clock as well. But now I'm just throwing to the short ball to Jimmy Smith coming up uh, afternoons here on SENQ. Thanks for your company. Until tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. Good luck and good hunting.